0: My yo yeah. get out of here with them weep weep LQs yo <laughs> what's going on guys we're back with another episode of you guessed it balls deep uh with Devin and jovan obviously i'm jovan if you don't know that by now i don't know it ain't that hard (laughs) it's only two names to remember he's Devin. i'm jovan um but with that being said we got A nice episode of some NFL news, uh, some interesting stuff to talk about this week uh, that happened uh, over the last week within within the NFL, Um, a few big blockbuster moves, and we're going to talk about a few things that we might see in the future. Uh, But with that being, well, before we go into that, obviously, as always, like, follow, subscribe on all platforms, you know, uh, comments, uh, leave comments or you know your opinions on some topics uh, on youtube or even instagram and you know just be interactive as always um but with that being said we're gonna jump right into it um a huge huge trade over last weekend um in the nfl so matthew stafford was traded to the Rams for jared goff a 2021 third rounder a 2022 22, first-rounder, and a 2023 first-rounder. So with that being said, who do you think won this trade? And how does this trade impact the potential Deshaun Watson trade in the future? So <clears throat> this trade was interesting. I
1: didn't expect the Rams— to go out and get Matthew Stafford. I was totally expecting Stafford to go to either, you know, the 49ers or the Colts, more likely the Colts. So I'm surprised the Colts didn't go out and get him. The Rams, they they took a, an, an aggressive approach, and I like the move for them, honestly. Um, it just baffles me that they're not going to have a, you know, first-round pick for almost a decade now. Uh, like by the time they pick next. So basically, their last first-round pick was Jared Goff, and they just traded him away. And now they're not going to have a pick till like 2024. So it's very interesting to see them take that approach. A lot of people I've seen say that they overpaid for Matthew Stafford, but honestly, I don't think they did. Um, Just because they were more so trying to trade Jared Goff's contract away because they extended him. And it was a lot of dead cap um, against them, so they were just more more so trading him away and trying to find a partner that will take his contract off of their books. So I seen something where they mentioned it was almost like them trading golf and a first round pick for Matthew Stafford, and the other additional uh, first round picks were to you know take golf's contract off of their books. So if you think of it, In that logic, I don't think it, you know, was them overpaying. And I don't think, in that aspect, it'll impact the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes as well. I think, if anything, people... If anything, they're still going to get at least two first-rounders for Deshaun Watson, regardless of who they trade. So, you ask who won this trade, I'm going to say the Rams. Uh, Just because... A first round pick, you're not guaranteed to hit on those first round picks, uh, and they're in a win. They're in win now mode. Their window of opportunity for a Super Bowl is now, especially with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on that defensive um side of the of the ball. So why not go and get a quarterback that's in win now mode as well? Like he's never going he's never been in a system as good as what he's gonna be in in terms of McVeigh. Um, I'm not gonna say he's never had. Well, he's never had the weapons. I, I'll say he had the weapon, in, had Meg- the in, weapon. <laughs> in in Megatron, but that that's. But I'm talking about in an abundance of weapons, not just 100%. one. Hundred uh,
0: percent.
1: In terms of having all these weapons at one time, because um, he has Woods, he has Cup, he has Higby, he has Everett. Now he has the running backs in Cam Acres, um, mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson. And I believe Malcolm Brown is a free agent. But still, there's an abundance of guys, and there's not a number one guy um, at that. So the offense is going to be unpredictable. Jared Goff limited what the offense could do in terms of his arm strength and being able to push the ball downfield. Matthew Stafford doesn't have those limitations. And he's, like I mentioned on another episode that we had, Matthew Stafford is one of, if not the most underrated quarterback in the NFL at the moment. He's, he can do a lot of what Patrick Mahomes is doing. He just doesn't get the, the, nor, the notoriety due to him playing in Detroit and them losing most of the time. Because if you look at the stats, he's one of the most clutch quarterbacks in terms of fourth quarter comebacks or, you know, overtime or whatever. He's one of the most clutch in those moments. And there's a clip of him, you know, being miked up, of him messing up his shoulder. And he still went out there for one extra play and scored a touchdown to win the game. That and just threw goes. The
0: ball at that, huh? Yeah, and he threw... threw the ball at that.
1: Yeah, he threw the ball. Like the guy is tough as nails. And although you might say he, I'm biased because I'm a Georgia fan. He's from Georgia. That's my guy. I gotta stick with him. But he's he's a baller. And I can't wait to see what he does in this McVay offense because the sky's the limit. And I want to go. A lot of people are. Like, jumping on the bandwagon right away and saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to bet on that. I'm not going to say they're for sure going to make it to the Super Bowl. I'm going to say they're the favorites to come out the NFC as of right now after this move. But I have to wait and see what goes on this offseason. Because if San Francisco goes out and gets Deshaun Watson... They're the favorites to win to, to make it to the, the Super Bowl, in my <laughs> they're opinion. They're favorites
0: to win it. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: opinion. so I'm, I'm going to hold off on saying that the Rams are going to the Super Bowl or represent the NFC. I'll say they're the favorites as of right now, but also there's questions about the defense. Like, they lost their defensive coordinator and a lot of pieces on that defensive side of the ball, or a lot of the, those pieces on the defensive side of the ball are free agents. The only thing we know for sure is, Ramsey and Donald are returning. And those are two solid pieces to you know build around. But you have a new defensive coordinator in Raheem uh, Morris. So that's a different system. So I, I'd like to see how that pans out or, or transitions into next season. But if they can you know still be a top defense with an improved offense, they're going to be scary.
0: Definitely. No, I mean, I'm basically going to have to echo basically most of what you just said. Other than the fact that um I will go ahead and say that I honestly don't know that there's necessarily a winner to the trade um I do think if I'm in this situation I'd prefer to be the Rams only because when you're an NFL franchise player coach whatever if you're involved in the NFL in any way you know on on a team your biggest goal is to win a Super Bowl. And clearly, the Rams going after a Matthew Stafford, you know, a criminally underrated quarterback, like you just mentioned. Um, they're trying to. A Super Bowl. They were already a Super Bowl, you know, contender last year, and with this trade, they automatically become a Super Bowl favorite, like we, like you just. Also, I think the Rams. Uh, they definitely didn't get any short end of the stick here. Uh, obviously, Jared Goff is no Matthew Stafford, but he. The Lions. I'm the sorry, Lions. the Lions. Um, Obviously, Jared Goff isn't, you know, Matthew. He's not a Matthew Stafford. But he is capable of playing uh, NFL quarterback at a, a pretty high level. I mean, we've seen it from him. Uh, and it doesn't hurt that the you know, that the Lions got two first-round picks out of it as well for the future. Uh, like you said, it is always better that you kind of already got the players that are on the field and you know what they've become rather than basically getting a pick that belongs to no name yet. Um, But, you know, you can never go wrong getting three picks, especially two firsts. And it's not like you're not getting a quarterback in return. Uh, obviously, you know, Goff may not end up being, you know, the guy of, of the future. But he's definitely somebody that you can work with, at least for now, and still be a team that can, uh, you know, s- stay above water and be in playoff contention, especially because... I mean, obviously, I think Matthew Stafford is getting into the best position of his career. Uh, But he did he did have some weapons over in Detroit and they do have a pretty good offense. So it's not like Jared Goff's not going like going in there with nothing to work with. So I do think this uh, was a good fair trade. Like I said, if I'm the Rams, I feel happier because obviously now it's win now, whereas the the Lions, it still might take a little bit. Uh, But this was a pretty good trade. Uh, and in terms of how it f- impacts the Deshaun Watson trade, um, I know, you know, the the GM of the the, t- the Texans was saying, you know, he's not he's not interested in even trading Watson still. Uh, he doesn't have plans to trade him. Uh, he's been taking offers, but he did say that they want at least two ones, two twos and two young defensive starters at least, um, which, in my opinion, is kind of insane. Uh it's a high asking price. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but um, I don't know that this trade impacts it all that much, uh, especially the fact that, one, you know, the, the the Rams are getting, you know, golf, which is another NFL quarterback, NFL-ready quarterback. So uh, take that into account, which is worth a first alone. Um, I just don't think that the Texans are going to get all that especially because they're not really in the driver's seat in terms of this thing. You know what I mean? Deshaun Watson's already made it clear that he has no future in Houston. He's not responding to the Houston Texans. I mean, he has the upper hand. They really have no leverage here. Uh, so I feel like the Texans, they might say they don't have interest in trading them. They might say that they want, you know, this, that, and the third for him. But uh, at the end of the day, you're going to take the best offer you're going to get or Deshaun Watson's going to walk out for free. You know what I mean? So, or you're just going to tag him and have an unhappy, you know, quarterback.
1: I mean, he's under contract. That,
0: well, well, that's so, what I'm saying. Uh,
1: yeah, so you can't, you can't just tag him. That's what I'm saying. Uh, when when I, his
0: contract comes up, he's either out of there or you're going to have oh. to tag him. Uh, because he clearly doesn't want to be in Houston. He's even thought about, you know, not playing football for them if he so happens to be there next year. You know what I mean? So, it, yeah. it's hard for me to believe so, the Texans are going to get everything they want.
1: So I'm going to touch on what you said first. I'm not by by me saying the Rams won the trade. I'm not oh, saying that it it that you know the Lions got the bad end of the stick or they didn't do good in terms of what they got in return. From my knowledge, what I read on, the 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 um, the Lions turned down better offers from you know the the Washington football team to accept this Rams offer because Matthew Stafford had a preferred list of who he wanted to go to. He ultimately said that he wanted to go anywhere but New England. But he had three uh, like preferable landing spots. Um, which was the Rams, the Colts, and the 49ers. And the Rams you know, were, were aggressive in trying to get him. And that was his number one spot. But I... I think it was a good move for the Lions as well just because they are getting Jared Goff, yes. I haven't been the, the biggest fan of Jared Goff. I don't think he's all that in a bag of uh, whatever the, you want to call it, yeah, a bag yeah. of tricks or a bag of sticks. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, but um, he, he's not all that. Mm. He's he's. I feel like he's a pretty, you know, plain and simple black and white quarterback. You get What you, what you see is what you he's get. He's a game manager in, J- in
0: my opinion.
1: yeah. He he definitely is, and he has a, he has a Super Bowl experience. He's made it to the Super Bowl already in his young career. But what I think that's a good move is the new GM of the Lions is coming over from the scouting department from the Rams. He's the one who scouted Jared Goff, so he knows him firsthand mm-hmm. on how on on how well he uh, of a player he is and what he's capable of. So they are rebuilding. Like it, it's not it's not you know. A mystery. They, they, Detroit is rebuilding. They even said it's gonna be. They're taking the long road in terms of rebuilding. But he has young pieces, like you said. There's Hawkinson, there's Swift on the offensive end. There's Carryon Johnson. The reason why I'm not naming receivers. Galladay's a free agent, but they're most likely will franchise tag him. Marvin Jones is a free agent, which he's most likely out of the door. But they have, but getting golf in return with that first round pick that they have, the top ten pick, they can go out and draft a receiver. Yeah or a, a Kyle Pitts yeah. in terms of being a tight end, get him additional weapons. And that defense, they can go out and improve it, you know, through the draft or free agency. But my only issue is they they didn't really get picks in return for right now. I mean, they got the third round pick for this upcoming draft, but the first round picks are for 2022 and 2023. So, like you, like I mentioned, they are taking the long run in terms of rebuilding. But they're two first-round picks, yeah. so they're, they're just most likely going to be at the end of the first round. And then as for Deshaun Watson, um, I don't think it's, it's a lot for them asking that much because if you think about it, Herschel Walker, look, just look at the Herschel Walker trade. And that was for a, a generational running back yeah. that they traded back in the day. We've never seen this before in terms of a, a quarterback in his prime Request or demanding a trade from his team. So, I think being quarterback, being the value of the quarterback in the NFL, and the fact that Deshaun Watson is a top 10 quarterback, well, I think he's top 5, but yeah. I'm going to say top 10. Being a top 10 quarterback in your prime, your teams are going to be, you know, biting at the bits to get you. They're going to, you know, offer the kitchen sink to get you on their team. Now, if I'm the Giants, I don't trade that because that eliminates us right there because we need, we need our picks because in terms of financial reasons. But someone like the 49ers or the Washington football team or even, you know, I won't say the Colts because they're in their division, but there's teams out there like the Panthers who might go out there and might be willing to give up those pieces. Um I don't think they'll exactly get two ones, two twos, and two uh, young defensive, you know, starters. I think they'll get like two or three first-round picks, and that's it, and maybe a mid-rounder.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think it's not much of them to ask, yeah. even though they're not in the, they're not like they're not necessarily in the driver's seat. Yeah. Because he has a no-trade clause. Very true. So he determines where he goes. So they can accept whatever trade they want, but at the end of the day, he has to approve the trade before it, you know gets all sudden done. Yeah. So they have to work with him in order to get him where he, where he wants.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, definitely. And th- and that's not me saying that Deshaun not Watson isn't worth it. I mean, 100% I agree with you. I I, I think he's a top 5 quarterback in this league. Obviously, uh not mentioned. When you're on a team like the Houston Texans, just like Matthew Stafford with the Detroit Lions, um, you know, you kind of stay under the radar. People know who you are, people love you. You they know you're a great quarterback, but you can have the same stats as a guy like Patrick Mahomes or even a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and you go unnoticed because your team doesn't have the same record. So and that's not to say that Deshaun Watts is not worth it because he's definitely worth all that. Um, he is a top-five quarterback. He's in his prime. He's so young. Um, but it's just a steep asking price for a guy who's ready to run out the door uh, first chance he gets. That's the only thing. So I'd, I, I – if i'm if I'm any team in the NFL I agree if I have that I'm giving it up but I just don't I just don't think that any team I think most teams know that uh they're gonna be able to get away with probably just a bit less than that especially depending on if a player is thrown in that deal as well or who or not if but because there will be players thrown in that deal as well but what players are thrown in that deal and from what teams
1: so I'm just going to mention it right here and then mm. um, just because I, we, I have it written down so we could talk about it later, but I'll just mention it now. The Raiders are, you know, an option yeah. for Deshaun Watson. There's rumors that, you know, they're receiving interest from multiple teams for Derek Carr. And, you know, should they trade Derek Carr, they plan on pursuing Deshaun Watson. And I've seen Skip Bayless mention, like, If I'm Deshaun Watson, I wouldn't want to go there just because John Gruden is hard to work with um, in regards to his history with his former quarterbacks, which might be true. I'm not saying it isn't, but as smart as Deshaun Watson is, I think he can step in there and he can work with John Gruden, you know, just fine. Mayock was working for NFL Network when Watson came out and so he scouted him. He scouted him. He knows what he's about. Everyone knows what he's about now that he's in the NFL at that. But I think that's a really good landing spot for Deshaun Watson in terms of the amount of weapons that they have. So if you think about it, they have a really good offensive line, which Houston doesn't have. So right there, that's an improvement because you're going to have time in the pocket. You don't have to run around like a chicken with his head off um, all the time. Then you have a running back in Josh Jacobs. You have a tight end in Darren Waller. You have a, a speedy receiver in Henry Ruggs, similar to how he had in Wolf Fuller yeah. um, in Houston, which he loved when he was on the field. They just, they're just they just missing a number one receiver, which they can go out and get.
0: Yeah.
1: And then defensively, defensively, they might not be the strongest, but Houston wasn't. And they have nice young pieces in Max Crosby, um, you know, Jonathan Abrams. Uh, I'm trying to think of, they have... Um, Maurice Hurst, they have some solid pieces on the defensive end. They just need to add uh, some additional pieces, whether it be in the draft free agency, yeah. to be a, a solid defense. And with that high-power offense, if you plug in Deshaun Watson, that's yeah. that's pretty scary. And
0: definitely. If you plug in Deshaun Watson anywhere, I mean, your team becomes, you know, obviously unless you're really, really bad and, and have a lot of needs um, – that's not the case. But when you plug Deshaun Watson anywhere, your team is almost going to become a contender overnight. Um, But the Raiders are definitely a great team to look at, especially considering, you know, if they are capable of trading their car and securing some draft capital within that trade, that's something that they can use to put towards, you know, a down payment on Deshaun Watson, you know what I mean? So exactly. so that'd be great for them, especially, you know, gaining those draft picks, that draft capital, they won't be losing as much, and they'd still be able to go out there and get those offensive weapons that, you know, that you said, um, as well as maybe some help on the defensive side of the ball. So I think the Raiders would be a great spot. I mean, there's plenty of great spots for Deshaun Watson, Um, but we'll see. I mean it's going to be wild. I mean, I think any any every any and every team uh is going to is going like you said is going to be, you know, trying to get this guy because I mean, he's a top 5 quarterback. So, in my opinion and yours and a lot of people's opinion, so, you know, that's 25 teams that could use him.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically a, a lot of a lot of teams if well, most teams in the NFL should be in the market for Deshaun Watson outside of a handful of teams. Yeah. Like the Chiefs, the Seahawks, you know, the Ravens. Just the simple fact that they have quarterbacks in place yeah. for the future and they don't need to go out and trade for Watson. But if you're other if you're any of these other teams, you're trading for this guy. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, um I seen something about they're trying to mock up trades where Deshaun Watson, you know, possible destinations and there was one where you know Rodgers gets traded to the 49ers uh Watson gets traded to the the Packers and Garoppolo gets traded to uh New England oh and then and then uh, some I forget what New uh what Houston gets in return but I I think they get Jordan Love Mm. from the Packers so that was an interesting take but I don't think it's realistic. <laughs> so, uh, but my question to you is: Do you see what what Brett Favre had to say about Deshaun Watson's
0: I, uh, trade request? I did not.
1: No. So I'm gonna read you a, a quote. So this is what he said about Deshaun tra- uh, Watson's trade request. He says, "You get paid a ton of money to do a certain job, and uh, and just do it and let the chips fall where they may. I think we may we I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong." Again, I think it's a different day and time, and it'll be interesting to see how the organization handles itself. <laughs> so, just based off your face, people who aren't watching don't know what facial expression you made. So, <laughs> why don't you express what what
0: your thoughts on uh, this? That's weird for me, even coming from a guy like Brett Favre, um, you know, who left his team, especially late in his career, to try and go and get a Super Bowl, um, I just think it's it's weird coming from from a guy like Brett Favre or just from anyone in general, especially from a quarterback, uh, kind of knowing the ins and outs of the league and knowing that what players go through on a day to day basis. I mean, it's just crazy to me that I get it. Like you're making a lot of money, you're under contract. Like people think that you you're not you're like you're supposed to just be like completely happy. Like I get it. Like you know you're making a shit ton of money, but you 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 also play football because you love football, because you want to win football games, because you want to win a Super Bowl championship. Uh, If your team isn't doing absolutely anything to, you know, um, really put you in a position to go and do that, I mean, the Texans literally have done absolutely nothing other than regress. Um, You know, even veteran players like a J.J. Watt has voiced support uh, for Deshaun Watson
1: well, he apologized
0: for him oh, yeah, I mean voice support to Deshaun Watson so when you have a guy like that who means so much to the city of Houston to the organization of Houston even kind of coming out and almost siding with Deshaun Watson it just seems weird f- to me for a guy in the outside looking in to think that you know the guy has no right to feel the way he does or not no right but you know, he shouldn't ha- be able to sit, come out and say anything. It's it's odd um, for me. I just think it's, it's kind of ridiculous, especially from a guy like Favre. I mean, we all know what kind of, you know, personality he was when he was in the NFL locker room. So I feel like he should probably be the last guy talking about what somebody else should be doing with their career. Uh, it's just a little odd.
1: So I laughed at your facial expression because that's exactly what my facial expression was when I read <laughs> the quote. I'm like, what? what is this guy talking about? Because Barth is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time in terms of his play on the field. I Everything that come out of his mouth outside of that, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no control over that. But the reason why I was confused on what this guy Said is because it made zero sense. None at all. The fact that the part that got to me was, he said, "I think we make too much money to voice an opinion." That's almost like saying what that white lady (laughs) said in terms of shut "Shut up up and 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 (laughs) dribble. This is basically shut up and play. Yeah. Like you make too much money to say to voice your opinion. Just shut up and play. And I'm not saying this is a racial thing because, like Stephen A. Smith said, he. He probably would have said this if it was a white quarterback, so it, it doesn't matter who, what quarterback it was. He probably would have said the same thing. So it's not a racial thing. But to say basically shut up and play is kind of ridiculous, coming from a guy who held the Packers hostage um, with his retirement. He threatened to retire if he didn't get his way,
0: yeah. and I mean,
1: and they kind of had to force his him out to you know bring in the Rodgers regime, so. For someone who didn't get his, who was basically using his retirement as, a, uh, you know, to get the the upper end of the stick, or you know, have control of what's going on, that's very hypocritical for you to tell someone not to use the power that they have to, you know, get what they want.
0: It's blasphemous. It doesn't. Even, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like it makes zero. It, sense.
1: it doesn't. It's, it's it's very hypocritical, and it it doesn't make any sense because. Like, if you make too much money, that's the perfect time to voice an opinion because those are the people that are gonna you're, you're more likely to get listened to than people who aren't making that much money. So it it just makes no sense because people with too much money, quote unquote, they like uh, Louis Riddick said they've been voicing their opinion for a long time, like both now and back then. They, maybe more so now. Um, because of the movement of you know that is getting pushed by people like LeBron James, and like there, there it might be more noticeable now, but it's been happening for a long time, and this isn't the first time. And I think Farf in this case should have just kept his mouth shut because boy did he sound stupid.
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, just coming from a guy who basically threw a tantrum when, you know, he had to coach up Aaron Rodgers on the Packers. It it, it just doesn't make sense at all. I, and especially, uh, like you said, a guy like Deshaun Watson who makes more money, uh, of course you're going to voice your opinion because your team should want to listen to you. And I think it's even worse that the fact that the best player you have did voice his opinion, more specifically talking on, the, you know, the GM coaching situation, uh and, you know, they literally didn't seem to care about his opinion then at all, um, even. So uh, when you're the franchise quarterback and you don't even have a tiny bit of say in who your team decides to go after, um, I wouldn't be happy about that. I don't imagine Brett Favre would be very happy about that. And I just think the timing of it is weird. I think that him saying it in general is weird. Uh, it just it doesn't make sense uh, at all
1: but it it also doesn't so Deshaun Watson is not really mad at the fact that you know he didn't have say in the the court of the you know the GM coaching hires so he's not more so mad about that he's mad about they told him that they wanted his opinion they were going to listen to his opinion yeah. <laughs> in terms of the the uh the candidates and he gave his opinion and that's and the fact that they didn't listen to it is why he's mad. If they didn't come to him and say, I mean, they should have, cause that's the franchise quarterback anyway. Out of common courtesy, they didn't. If they didn't do it, I don't think he would be as mad. But the fact that they did and then totally ignored it is why he's pissed off. Yeah. Because and then the fact that you know they're they're you they're um, it's normal for them to go out and grab you know former Patriots or you know, pick from the Patriots tree and they go out and do the same exact thing. They don't change anything. I'm not saying Nick Casario is not, you know, he's not qualified for his job, but what you it hasn't worked for you thus far. Why are you going to continue to pick from that tree if it hasn't worked for you then? And it's not going to, that means it's not going to work for you now. Yeah. So that's what was confusing. Um, and then you paid millions of dollars for the, for, you know, this, Board to help you come and narrow down GM candidates and coaching candidates or what have you, and they narrowed it down to Lewis Riddick and uh, an executive from the Pittsburgh Steelers, both minority candidates,
0: and both great candidates.
1: He, yeah, no, no, for sure. But I'm just mentioning minority because you know that's kind of what Watson was advocating for. He he wanted he wanted you know some diversity, but. They were really, they were qualified candidates. They were really good candidates. They would have been perfect for the job, and they and they went out and basically paid all those, like all those dollars, just to not listen to anything that anyone had to say and do what they were going to do anyway because they tried to hire this guy years ago and almost got fined, like draft picks or whatever, because it was almost collusion in a sense. So it just, it doesn't just doesn't make any sense and then they go out and this past week or so they hired David Culley as their head coach i don't know much about david culley but i just know that you know the team he was the passing game coordinator for the ravens and the ravens had i believe the worst if not one of the worst passing uh offenses in the league and i believe he had there was a time where he was coaching uh, the receivers of one specific team I forget off the top of my head and they had probably the worst in the league at that time. Uh I seen that on Twitter, uh, about just reading up on David Cully. But my the thing that concerned me was during David Cully's press conference. So when they were introducing him, both you know, Nick Casario, their GM, shut down the trade talks and basically said what you said earlier is they had zero interest in trading him. It mentioned that they were committed, and they were committed to Watson, and you know they're looking forward to the future with him as their quarterback. But both Nick, both the GM, and the newly hired head coach, both said that they accepted the Texans' job in part because they were confident Deshaun Watson would be a Houston Texan, and followed it up with, "We have a great plan, a great vision for him and for this team." And his role on this team. And we look forward to the opportunity to spend more time with him. Here this spring once we get started. Which. It just confused me. Yeah. The guy already came out and said he didn't want to be there. Before. Like Nick David Culley got hired. So you're going to take the job. Thinking that he's going to be your quarterback. Like. You have to go in there with, with. Just basically. Go in there. As if he's not going to be your yeah. quarterback, and if he's your quarterback, so be it. That's really good for you, but to take the job thinking he's going to be your quarterback is confusing. After the fact that you know he already demanded a trade, yeah. but it public it it became official the day after Cully was hired, and he has nothing against the GM or the the head coach. He just his ownership and the executives on that organization.
0: No, I agree, and and it's clear. I feel like it's clear to Deshaun that. um You know, the Texans aren't taking winning seriously enough as much as he is. Um, In my opinion, I don't think they are. I just, I think he's tired of, you know, trying to win. You know, like you said, I mean, Brett Favre said he makes so much money, and that's the issue. When you make so much money because you're, you know, you make money because you're given this job that you have to do and, but it's like you can't do the job if the team that's paying you this money isn't putting you in that position to win. Um, and they just have not done that. It's really that simple. I don't know why, you know, Nick Casim- Casimiro thought, you know, him being hired it was going to sway Deshaun Watson's mind, even though Deshaun clearly is unhappy. He won't even answer calls or text messages from the Texans brass. It just doesn't make sense why any of these people still believe that he has even an ounce of wanting to, you know, still be in a Texans uniform. Um, And really, at this point, a lot of them just seem delusional. Um, And we're all kind of, at this point, I feel like getting a taste of, you know, exactly why Deshaun Watson wants out of the Texans. Um, It just, all of this is a bit ridiculous.
1: I mean, I hope David Cully succeeds in Houston, because he is a minority candidate, and it like the success of minority candidates will only open doors for other minority candidates. So whether Watson's there or not, I really do hope he you know pans out. Because from my knowledge, although I mentioned those history where you know they were last in certain aspects yeah. when he was the coach, people say he he's a very respectable coach around the league, and people he's a nice guy and things like that. So if that's the case, then I, I hope he he does well. I honestly do. But as for your thoughts on Deshaun Watson, that's just confusing. And although I think they just hired a minority candidate in hopes to try to help sway Deshaun, even though it's not the minority candidate that he was hoping for in terms of the enemy, I just don't think it, it was going to... I don't think anything that they're doing is... They're, they're not going about it the right way at all. And I feel like they're just making it worse on themselves in the moves that they are making. But if I'm, you know, Nick Casario, I, I feel like he's just talking to talk, saying we have zero interest, but in the end, they're still going to trade him. They're still going to trade him. It's almost like what gentleman did with Odell. He basically said, oh, we're not interested in trading him. Then a few days later, he's traded. Yep. So I think it's one of those instances where He's he's basically saying he's he's being um, he's being being political, in a sense. He's being very businesslike in his answers, but in the end, it, behind the scenes, he's shopping this guy. Oh,
0: definitely. It's also for sure. It's also. I
1: don't I don't think he's I don't think he's listening to offers. I think he's calling teams up if they're not calling him and seeing what he can get in return for it,
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And in a sense, I think it's his way of, I mean, you know, trying to retain Deshaun Watson while at the same time, you know, not keeping all his eggs in one basket. Um, But at this point, I just think it's too late. I just think, you know, it's better off for both teams if they just go separate ways. Because at this point, um, I think the Texans need a wake-up call. And when they don't have Deshaun Watson whether it be next year or next two years. And, you know, they're getting smacked left and right up and down the field. Um, More than likely, not winning any football games. Uh, You know, I think that's when they'll come to realize, you know, what Deshaun Watson was upset about. Um, I think he's tired as well as Houston Texans fans are tired of something you mentioned, of, you know, them hiring from the same coaching tree and then just not working out. It just, it's weird. Like, they just want to be the New England Patriots. And it's like, it hasn't worked out for you. You have to
1: go. It is fu- it's funny because Andre Johnson, Texans legend, doesn't use Twitter often. and But he came out and spoke about this instance in terms of, you know, Deshaun uh, Watson, you know, Yeah. do what you got to do in terms of getting out of there. Because that organization hasn't been the same since hiring um, Easterby. Yeah. Or however... I don't even know if I said his name, last name, right. But I don't even know who the hell that is. But it seems like he's just caused chaos in the organization, and it hasn't been right since. Because if Andre Johnson is speaking about this, and he was on the team way before Watson,
0: yeah.
1: it, it's just not good yeah. at all. And
0: I saw, and I saw about that. It's funny because they were saying that, like you said, Andre Johnson doesn't use Twitter, and. They were saying that, I guess, previously to his tweet in support of the Sean Watson, his last tweet was like two years ago, and it was an ad. So, I mean, <laughs> that should tell you enough. no.
1: Yeah, so that's all we have for you guys today. But before we go, Javon, it isn't related to the Texans. <laughs> so, J.J. Watt, they they pretty much agreed to part ways. They usually are going to part ways, whether it be trade or you know them releasing him. Would you be interested in Giants going and pursuing
0: uh, J.J. Watt? 100%. um, A huge need for us is edge rush. Um, I think in general, if we have a pass rusher on any part of the line, like a J.J. Watt, if he can stay healthy, even if he's 85% of what he used to be, healthy, uh, that's a scary player. That's a guy who creates pressure. That's a guy who gets sacks. That's a guy who rushes the quarterback very well and that's something that the giants need um that'll definitely secure a need and one less thing you really need to address in the draft at least immediately um eventually you will have to because you know he is a older jj watt we'll probably only have him under contract for a year um so it's just something that immediately you don't have to address right now um and if the Giants do, in fact, see themselves as a contender within the next few years, that's definitely a piece that'll help, um, especially if even after this year you can secure him for maybe another, you know, one or two years after, um, especially, you know, with that being said, especially considering, you know, at this point in his career, uh, at at this point where the Texans are and um, their rebuild, you know, You probably get a guy like J.J. Watt, especially, like I said, with his injury history and, you know, his inability to kind of stay on the field for 16, 17 games a year. Um, You get him for really, really fucking cheap. Uh, So it's definitely something that, you know, I'm hoping that the Giants pursue. I'd love to see a guy like J.J. Watt on the field. And not even just because he's such a great player, uh, but just imagine, you know, the young guys on RD linemen learning from literally a legend, one of the greatest, hands down, one of the greatest defensive players in NFL history. Arguably, I won't say the greatest because that's LT, 100%. Like, not even Colts. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> if it hadn't been for him, you could make a case that that's J.J. Watt. You know what I mean? Like, he's up there. So, even just having a, a veteran, you know, leader a guy who could come in and immediately take a captain spot, a guy who can you know, teach nearly everything in his arsenal to our D linemen who are willing to learn, if they are willing to learn, which I'm sure they would be willing to you know, be a, just be like a sponge and soak up anything they can from a guy like J.J. Watt. So I think on every level, every aspect of football, that is huge. Uh, not only for the Giants, but any, any football team. So that's something I definitely hope you pursue.
1: So, if the JJ Watts' cap hit for this upcoming season, I think, is seventeen million or seventeen and a half. So, I wouldn't like. I want JJ Watt. I would love him on the Giants. Would I trade for him? I maybe a late, late to mid round pick for him. But at the same time, is I don't want that against our Georgia. books. So, I would presume in free agency, but would we be, you know, a top choice for him? I honestly don't know. Maybe he he wants to reunite with his brothers in Pittsburgh or go to Green Bay, because he's going to go chase a ring in terms of once he hits free agency. Now, the one thing I think is working in our favor is Joe Judge, because of what he said about what the Eagles did week 17, and then what J.J. Watt said not that long before him about the play of the Texans. They seem to be on the same page and it almost seems like that he's, he's the type of player that Joe Judge would want on his team and he, um, J.J. Watt would want to go fight for in terms of, uh a, he's a coach that, he, oh, that I would want to fight He's a
0: player that, you know, Joe Judge would love to coach and it's a coach that J.J. Watt yeah. would love to play for, you know what I mean?
1: Now, now at, so that's in terms of how realistic is it is. I don't know, but if we have a chance to, I would love him to. Like yes, he's older, but even though the window of opportunity with him there is not long, he can help develop these younger pass rushers. Like you mentioned. He's a he's a locker room guy. He's he's, you know, a lead by example. People are going to follow him with in like on and off the field. Like he's a type of player you want in your organization. And yes, his number statistically Drop last season. That's not necessarily his, his fault. He was still, you know, rushing the passer and collapsing the pocket. He just wasn't getting the sacks. And like you mentioned, when healthy, he's a problem on the field. It's it's just when he's healthy. It's, it's just hard to you know you know identify when a guy's gonna get hurt. Those aren't you can't predict that. He, he has a, a injury hit. He has injury history. But so does a guy like Jadavian Clowney, mm-hmm. and Jadavian Clowney got got some money this mm-hmm. past season. He's a guy that the Giants could pursue and get for a bag of tri- a bag of peanuts yeah. as well. Um, like I wouldn't be mind I wouldn't mind giving them a salary plus a uh, salary based uh, deal with incentives. So basically, they'd get their money should they should they pr- uh, produce. Yeah. So,
0: and I, I mean, a guy I, like J.J. Watt love- is a hundred times more proven than a guy like Jadavian Clowney. So.
1: Oh, for sure. And and although Jaden Clowney is probably more versatile um, just because of his athletic ability. I'm probably the better bet to... at
0: this point in his career.
1: But I'd, I'd love a J.J. Watts on my team, uh, especially because we've had – Edge has been a need for us um, for so long. And honestly, a lot of people are big on Leonard Williams, bringing Leonard Williams back. I honestly don't want to bring him back for the price that he's going to be asking for because – uh, he's gonna be asking for big bucks, and I don't think it's worth it because a lot of his sacks, like yes, he was the leading sack, uh, the he was the leading sacker on the the Giants. A lot of a lot of those were by design of like the play, or they're like zone sacks. So it was like he didn't necessarily break the pocket. So he w- was very he was impactful on our defense. But in terms of the price tag, I think we can spread that money out in other directions to improve our yeah. defense. Should we, you know, not
0: bring Well, him see, um, I agree. I, I mean, I love what Leonard Williams was doing. He was creating a lot of pressure last year for us. Um, I thought he was one of our best defensive players. He probably was our our best defensive player other than uh Blake Martinez and Bradbury, in my opinion. Uh, but with that being said, um, I'm more inclined to say that I hope he stays even for the price. I mean, it's definitely a steep price, but I'm more inclined to say that I'd want him to stay if we do acquire a guy like J.J. Watt. Because like you said, I oh, mean, sure. the fact that J.J. Watt wasn't capable of, you know, getting the sack numbers, but was capable of applying the pressure in Houston, I think that does have to do in part with the fact that Houston doesn't really have any other pass rushers. Uh, so when you have two guys who can create pressure like, like those guys are capable of doing, because Leonard Williams was very capable of doing it, but... Like I mean, same with JJ Watt. The sack numbers aren't even aren't as impressive compared to how much you know r- how much the percentage of rush they're actually creating or you know or yeah. presence. So I think if you have two guys like that on the line that are capable of creating that pressure, I think that's when you start to see more sacks. Is when you have multiple guys that can do that. Uh, and right now, just, neither team has multiple guys that can do that. I just don't know if you can afford it. That's
1: the only reason yeah. why I mentioned it.
0: I mean, there's so many needs. uh, I agree.
1: But that's all we have for you guys today. That wraps up everything. Um, Like I mentioned all the time, first and foremost, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for, you know, if you're still listening, still watching. Thank you for, you know, getting this far. Uh, Secondly, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, like Javon mentioned in the beginning of the episode. And uh, make sure to comment or leave reviews, download, do all of it helps us help you guys do it so it helps us do our job helps you got it helps us you know deliver what you guys would like um so just do us the favor and uh, continue to show love as always um until next time you're talking about balls deep
0: I'm talking about balls deep we're talking about balls deep in
1: love Deep. My boy's talking
0: about Balls Deep. We're talking about Balls Deep in love.